Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Apostles' Creed, looking at the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran. My name is Brett, well, Brian. It's Pastor Brian Rickey, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brett Bow. Yeah, it's only yeah. fair that Brett stole your job from the last episode, so we, oh, we traded it off, and now everyone's even, and we've we found You want to steal shui. my parish, too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we found Fong Shui on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. We sanctify thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I repent. In the name of Jesus, come on. No. <laughs> oh my god, you just exercised me too? We right. did. <laughs> Gotta exercise the demon. Wow, we're starting off on a great foot. This is good. Uh, <laughs> it's the middle of winter Polter, here in Minnesota. Poltergeist 10. <laughs> <laughs> Three yeah. pastors. No, just kidding. Oh, we, please yeah. send spring. Breeze, yes. please. Yes. Are we getting cabin fevers? Yeah, we we all need yeah, fresh air. Well, it's we like 45 degrees outside right it. now, it so we nice. can't really complain. No. I couldn't even see my breath this morning. Did you say, was, would, it, would it be worth it to go to St. Louis with you next time you're going? It or? was freezing it was while freezing. I was in St. Okay. Louis. It was Never mind. hovering around zero. The last day, the very last day, the day we left, at noon, it was 60. Mm-hmm. And everything else, we were in line with Minneapolis temperatures the okay. entire time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we are continuing on with the second article of the yep. Apostles' Creed. Yes. So we're the the first part of this uh, study talked about Jesus as Lord, meaning Jesus is our mm-hmm. Redeemer. We talked about redemption. We talked about the centrality of the gospel. The the second kind of focus for Luther in the large catechism and unpacking the second article of creed is talking about why we confess what we do in the second article. We have all these, uh, the second article is as historical as it gets for mm-hmm. anything we confess in Christianity. You know, you get born of the Virgin Mary, suffer all the Pachas details Fire. that are listed yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. It, it's really just a detailed listing summarize, summarization of Jesus life. And, and Luther captures on this and he says, this is how Jesus redeemed us. Mm-hmm. These are the elements of your redemption. Jesus' birth, life, mm-hmm. death, and resurrection and ascension are all for yep. our redemption. And so today his we're going to unpack those. And his glorification. Yeah, humiliation, glorification, however we're looking at it, it's all for you. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the, the two key words of the gospel are always for you. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that all of these parts of Jesus' life uh, fit under that. They're for you. Yeah, it, you know, it's... When you think of the history, maybe as you dwell on each of those individual parts, maybe it doesn't strike you that, oh, this is for me. Um, we think of it being for the whole world, and you see the universality of it, but um, to think of it individually, too, is a, a blessing. When uh, I think when most Christians uh, think about redemption, we're in a rush to get to the cross, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in America, we're really in a rush to get to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And on its surface, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the the cross is where our sins were paid for. the The resurrection is the seal of Jesus' victory on the cross. It's the celebration of Easter Sunday. But but I kind of think we miss the importance. Uh, we 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 get a sense of it during Advent and Christmas of the mm-hmm. importance of the nativity for yeah. our. Uh, redemption of the the conception of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, uh, but you know most of the time, whether consciously or unconsciously, we're treating the in between parts of the gospel histories Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're treating them uh, more of Jesus as example 
than Jesus as Redeemer. Mm -hmm. And Jesus does serve as our example. He perfectly mm -hmm. obeyed the law. He's perfectly revealing right. what a son of God looks like. that's probably more up to the Holy Spirit, how he applies it to our mm -hmm. lives as we read those stories. Yes, but yep. in reality, uh, everything mm -hmm. uh, in the Gospels is for our redemption. It serves this second article of the Creed. Amen. Yeah, so should we start walking through some of the parts of the life of Christ and dwelling on each of them? Yeah, Is we can just go straight approach? through the, yeah. the creed, really. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's good just to remind ourselves, why don't you read the creed one more time, the second mm -hmm. article, that is, and uh, yeah. move forward. Break it down comma by comma. Break, break it down. Break it down now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Uh, all right, what is the second article? Um, and so, as we say the Apostles' Creed, sometimes it's hard to not start with the beginning. Right? Yeah. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won from me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil. He did this not with gold or silver, silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent sufferings and death, so that I might be his own, live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Amen. 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 Well, there's a redemption from beginning to end, according yeah. to the second article of the creed. Uh, is this the the longest of um, the longest? What does this mean of the three articles? Yes, of, easily, I was going to say, I, yep, that yeah, it's. I know. I, I guess I think of that when I am teaching this to confirmation students. They see that big paragraph, and they at first they're kind of like, "Whoa, that's a lot of stuff." It's a lot of stuff. I think it's particularly easy to remember when it comes out, yeah, and we right. should spend the most amount of time on our redemption. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. I I think all three of the explanations to the articles are are mm -hmm. rich in theology, and you know, I'm a particular fan of the third article. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe. Yeah. You know that line. There's so much to unpack there. We'll yep. get there. Uh, with the next round of mm -hmm. episodes coming up after our two Bible studies. I love the line in, in this article about, in order that I might be his own yeah. and live under him in his kingdom. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot to flesh out there. Yeah. Yeah, Adoption, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, and that's the Christian life, right? Yeah, Amen. we have been redeemed to God's own vocation. vocation? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm just one of these times. The first word I say is just going to be vocation. We can get it out of the way. <laughs> I'm joined by vocation. But think about it. I mean, all that Christ accomplished through His life, death, and resurrection is mm -hmm. summarized in just even a paragraph. Yeah. is immensely helpful because of all that He accomplished. Yeah. And if we start, I mean, if you start looking at systematic theology, volumes, you could talk about this. Yeah. Forever. So and while the confirmation student might say, this is a big paragraph, really it's a small paragraph. I actually show them a book of a chapter yeah. that's like, you know, a well, couple inches thick. That's, you know, 500 pages mm -hmm. of just that. Right. And it's and it's it's a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. But then they can, then they'll say, oh, I guess that paragraph isn't so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking of what's the, the stanza of the hymn, The Love of God. Oh, where right. the whole ocean filled with yep. ink and the a sky a scroll. Yeah. And we could not uh, contain 
everything to be said about the logo. I can't remember no. yeah. how poetic it says that, oh. but that's one of my favorite lines from that's a hymn. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing, you know. And so we look. And what's stunning to me just about the article, not about the explanation, mm-hmm. but the article that the church has been confessing now for roughly 1,800 years, I think. We talked in our first go-round with the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. that the first time it shows up is second century as mm-hmm. a as a baptismal rite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we've got 1,800 years of church history mm-hmm. writing on this article in wow. some way, shape, or form it is, is both how detailed it is but how entirely biblical it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you got in Jesus Christ, the, that's the subject. And then the first qualifier, his only son. Mm-hmm. So immediately you've got a reference to John 3.16 in your gospel in a nutshell. But I think the bigger illusion here goes back to Genesis 22, mm-hmm. where, where God calls Abraham multiple times, take your son, your only son whom you love, and sacrifice him on the mountain, I will show you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the gospel then, as we confess it here, is God doing what he did not even require Abraham to do, mm-hmm. is that he took his son. And then you have Abraham's great confession of faith. Yeah. God himself will provide the lamb for the Amen. sacrifice. And, you know, to think about think about it, and this kind of points towards works righteousness, had Abraham actually gone through with that, God forbid, nothing would have changed. Well, not a thing, thing would have changed. It had to be Jesus. Well, it had to be the Father's one and only Son. It had to be Jesus. And then what is stunning is the interpretation from, was it Hebrews, that tells us that Abraham was convinced that God could raise the dead. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the nature Amen. of Abraham's faith and what God is doing in redemption. It's, you know, it blows my mind every time I read that. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I think we, we take too lightly like Abraham's knowledge and David's knowledge of the great God that we serve, even in aspects of the Trinity, especially with David. You know, not that they knew it as much as as we have the privilege of in the New Testament, but they certainly understood that God was a little bit more complicated, you know, (laughs) and yet God was one. And so I just, I I love that. And I think that we do a disservice by thinking that they didn't have enough hope and knowledge of the promised Messiah that was to come, the sacrifice that was to come, I think we do a disservice. And that's why I like the writer of Hebrews. He kind of points that out, yeah, that, that they did have this knowledge. They they were saved by grace through faith in what Christ would do for them and has done for us. Well, mm-hmm. in Hebrews really reveals to us that the 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 faith of the Old Testament saints was so much deeper than we give credit for. And actually our understanding of how the Old Testament operates with faith kind of is more damning on our understanding of faith than it is on the Old Testament saints' understanding of faith. Think about Job. I know that my Redeemer yeah. lives. Job. See him or face yeah, the, right. the confession of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you know, all of those things, you know, we're, we're dealing with people who, while it might not have been fully revealed because Jesus hadn't yet arrived on the scene in that way, uh, they were reading scripture with eyes wide open mm-hmm. and knew that God was preparing them for a Redeemer. I agree. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hmm. Yeah, and, and so you know, we the this article has the the life of Christ really uh, laid out for us, you know, yeah. point by point. Um, and it feels like I've said this before, but the you know the the five points of not Calvinism, oh. but <laughs> the, sorry, Calvinists. Yeah, sorry, that'll be our uh, other buzzword, right? But the, <laughs> there's there's five things mentioned here of how Christ is humiliated in, in the sense of brought low yeah. or descended. And then there's five points of how he was exalted. Here is exaltation. Yeah. Well, you got perfect ten. Yes, you got completion. Yeah, it's and that and that was helpful 
for me to understand that the he descended into hell is the first point of exaltation. Yeah, and and I've been a part of some debates sure. on that. Okay, um, there, you know, and here's the thing: when we talk about the descent into hell, I think this is appropriate time for us to bring it up now. It's actually an article in the Formula of Concord, so when we get there in 17 mm-hmm. years, yeah, right. uh, we we can cover it then. The interesting thing about the descent into hell. Luther wrote on it multiple times. He wrote the same exact thing on it each and every time. Mm-hmm. He said, leave it alone. <laughs> he said, don't touch it. All we know is that Christ did descend into hell. And so people, yeah. uh, people want to make the descent into hell part of the humiliation. Mm-hmm. People want to make the descent into hell part of the exaltation. exaltation. All we know is it happened. You know, for my mind, as I study scripture, I see it as a part of his exaltation because of what, first or second Peter, second mm-hmm. Peter, first, first Peter, first Peter? Yep. yeah, first Peter three, right? Yep. It's right before the baptism yeah. section. That's how I remember it. Uh, says he, he proclaimed, he preached, he mm-hmm. announced his victory. And, and part of why I hinge there, um, because this brings us back to the cross, back to the subject at hand too, Jesus' victory mm-hmm. is on the cross, and I want to make this very clear because in American Christianity, we kind of do Good Friday bad, Easter Sunday good. Mm-hmm. But good cap, cap. Jesus doesn't walk out of the tomb on Sunday morning, kind of rub his eyes and stretch and say, it is finished. He says that from the cross, when he's most broken, when he gives up his spirit, the redemption, mm-hmm. the sins are atoned for on the, the cross. cross. That's where the victory is. The resurrection seals that victory. Now, we're never, ever supposed to divide the crucifixion from the resurrection. It's the same exact event uh, telling us the same exact thing. But we want to be very clear that the cross is for us. That is where the atonement is happening. That's where the payment of our sins uh, is made. That's where the wrath of God is satisfied. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, uh, we got to be very clear with that. That's why I tend to include the descent into hell as part of the glorification that mm-hmm. he's kind of announcing, I win, you lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's the way I've tended to look at it too um, as I've studied that topic because it, it always comes up. You know, people nope. people ask about it. Um, and it, yeah, and if you're married to the idea that the descent into hell uh, is part of the humiliation, I'm not going to fight you yeah, on it. You, oh, know, sure. and, you know, take... Luther's advice, just leave it alone. It's one of the mm-hmm. mysteries. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a really intriguing detail that we get and one of the only details about the the whole crucifixion passion account that isn't really fleshed out for us at all. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else, the, the significance is talked about in the New Testament. Uh, it's alluded to in the Old Testament, but this one thing is just there for us. And so mm-hmm. Luther says, just confess it. Yeah, right, which is what we do in the Lutheran church, you know, as we think about being Lutheran and yeah. thinking about people maybe coming into our churches that don't have that Lutheran background. Um, that's why we continue to confess the Apostles' Creed and and then teach it here in the Catechism too. Absolutely. It's, you know, leave alone what is meant to be left alone and study, celebrate the mm-hmm. truth that we've been given and revealed to us in Scripture. It's a good place to be. I know. We, some, we sometimes spend so much time nitpicking yeah, on things right. that we can never really know. And mm-hmm. the analogy I've given to my confirmation students is, you know, we've got this beautiful jigsaw puzzle that God's given us in his holy word. And, re- and the reality is some of the pieces are missing. We don't have all the pieces. 
to the puzzle, and this is mm-hmm. one of the pieces. And I think a lot of people want to cut out their own piece and make up yeah, what right. they think it is. And I think that it's unwise to do that. And I think if we spend too much time on that, we we lose the mm-hmm. wonderful blessing that came out of that, the redemption, the the new creation in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. the total forgiveness of sin through Christ's just, just justifying act, and just how we lose sight of that. And I think that we, we honestly spend more time trying to be right mm-hmm. than applying the beauty and the, and the wonder and the grace and mercy that was poured out through Christ's life, death, and mm-hmm. resurrection to our lives and to our neighbor's lives, to love our neighbor mm-hmm. as ourselves. And I, I think that if we could sometimes get past that and say, wow, thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't get it all, mm-hmm. but, but I know enough. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. The second element, after Jesus becomes man, Jesus being conceived and born without sin. This is a crucial element to all of redemption because he is, does not, uh, in his conception by the Holy Spirit, he does not inherit the sin of Adam. Mm-hmm. And so then he can be our perfect sacrifice. He's not dying for his own sins. He's dying for the sins of all of us. Yeah, Amen. Uh, we, so we, we we have the conceived without sin, born of the Virgin Mary, highlighting his humanity. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the suffering, death, and burial, that he makes satisfaction yeah. uh, for our sins. He pays the price and the punishment we deserve. That's the atonement part mm-hmm. of what he does. And then he rises again from the dead to mm-hmm. gain us the victory over death. All that mm-hmm. is involved. So, you know, on the one end, if Jesus pays for his own sins, none of us are redeemed. Mm-hmm. On the other end of things, if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, uh, that's not good news for us. Right. Well, it's 1 Corinthians 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, Jesus is not raised from the dead, we're all still in our sins. Yeah. The atonement's right. not complete. That, what a striking verse that is. And yeah. our faith is in vain. Mm-hmm. We are to be a people most pitied. And, and, mm-hmm. But then Paul hooks it right there. And, and what he says is if we uh, have, as Christians, have uh, hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you want one verse that completely destroys the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. It's that verse right there. Is the hope of the resurrection is the hope of eternity. Mm-hmm. And again, that reorients us to redemption. Yeah. And then finally, and I think modern day Christians need to do a much better job at thinking of this, Jesus' ascension is part of our redemption Absolutely. for us. Uh, you know, he's at the right hand of the Father. He's presenting his wounds mm-hmm. to God uh, mm-hmm. constantly to, to uh, you know, intercede for us. And, and God the Father uh, delights to forgive us. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and he delights in the yeah. perfect sacrifice of Christ. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because to be able to return to the right hand of Father mm-hmm. only means that it can be perfection. And that perfect sacrifice mm-hmm. of Christ, of payment and removal of that sin. Once for all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You know, and, and it's a great comfort for us as Christians to know that right now, at this moment, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is at the Father's side with our own flesh and blood in communion with the Father. Preach. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's tremendous yeah. news. That, yeah, it is. That, it that is. God is not going to turn away from us. He's not going to change his mind about redemption. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the things I want to touch on, and, and maybe this opens up a can of worms and we can try to close it as quickly Hold as we can. Hold on a second, let me get that yeah, can opener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the tendency in uh, radical Lutheranism or neo-Lutheranism to speak in sin 
not in terms of sin and forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but in terms of guilt or in brokenness. Mm -hmm. Because what ends up happening if we focus on our our feelings of guilt or if we focus on our brokenness Mm -hmm. is that the message of the gospel is, aw shucks, your sin doesn't matter instead of your sins have been taken care of. Mm -hmm. And there can be no peace in that. There can be no comfort. There can be no assurance. This is kind of the the disciples of Gerhard Ferdi mm-hmm. have gone down this way. The the gospel reductionists or the we, radical Lutherans yeah. is we must, we are required to speak of redemption in terms of sin and forgiveness because without that, our sins are still there. The best we can do is to say God is conveniently forgetting about our sins and sweeping them under the rug, but they're always there. They're still there under the rug. In God's gospel economy, our sins no longer exist, not because he's forgotten about them, which the Bible says he's forgotten about them, but he's forgotten about them because they don't exist anymore. They've been atoned for. They've been paid Mm -hmm. for. They've been washed clean in the blood of Christ. That's Mm -hmm. such a crucial part of the gospel. But it doesn't mean that the law doesn't have a part of our life. You know, the third function of the law then takes over, and Mm -hmm. that's the proper preaching of law and gospel. It it brings us back to the foot of the cross, and it brings us back to a place of humility and uh, dependency, which is a great place to be, because in our weakness, mm-hmm. that's when God is made strong. Yeah. And it, it, it ends up being a, a, a corruption of Romans 6, where what should we do, sin, so that grace may abound. That's precisely what we ought not to do, because yeah. the whole message of redemption of mm-hmm. the gospel is that sin has been atoned for. Not that we're excusing sin, mm-hmm. but but that it's sin is being pardoned because it's been placed on Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that image of Colossians 2, where our debts have been nailed to the cross with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. A record right. of wrongs. Yes. Yeah. Disarming the authority yep. and the rulers. Oh, amen. Cool. Well, maybe that's a good place to wrap up this episode. Yeah, one quote yep. from Any, Luther yeah, before we more... turn it over to Brian. The summary quote Luther makes in this section, uh, he writes this, yes, the entire gospel that we preach is based on this point, that we properly understand this article as that upon which our salvation and all our happiness rests. It is so rich and complete that we can never learn it fully. And this mm. is one of Luther's you know, landmarks that he makes in the catechism where he says, never stop learning the catechism yeah. because this basic foundational stuff of our faith is also enriching mm-hmm. uh, and we can never exhaust our knowledge of it. Yeah. Amen. I would like to read that Colossians chapter 2 section. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> beginning in verse 11. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, which is Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the second article of the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great week.